Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. All right, you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, today I want to bring you a message because it's Mother's Day from the life of two mothers. And their names are Lois and Eunice. Now, they don't get an entire book in the Bible like Ruth. But, right, you don't need a whole, I like it, somebody's already, already with me. They don't get a whole book. But you don't need a whole an entire book of the Bible for people to realize that your life was lived intentionally. And because of that, you actually became very influential. These two ladies get like one verse. But when you pay close attention, and it's not the beauty of the Bible, when you just dig in on one, one verse, sometimes you realize there's so much there for your life today, right now. They get one verse, and you realize that they lived an intentional life, and it ended up being a very influential life. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank my God whom I serve. God is the one who Paul gave his life to, in whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. He served God in a way that he's like, I did it the right way, in the God-honoring way. As I remember you constantly in my prayers, he prayed for him night and day. As I remember your tears... I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Watch this. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Paul calls himself an apostle of Jesus Christ, and what that tells you is that he saw Jesus, he was selected by Jesus, and he was sent by Jesus to spread the message of Jesus. And he says... And he went in the full authority of God. That's why he says, by the will of God and according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. And then if you're paying close attention, you should notice that he calls Timothy something. He says, my, verse 2, my beloved child. My beloved child. See, he met Timothy, he mentored Timothy, and then he ministered with him. And sometimes you're like, what does it mean to be a spiritual mother or father in a, in a person's life? This is it. You, you disciple them. You, it's not just, you know, you're not a spiritual father because you put somebody's child in the car seat. It's because you, you took this person and you helped them grow into faith and then become an instrument in the, in the hand of God in the gospel. And... There's some theology that you shouldn't miss in verse 2. He says to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father 
and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Notice that the Father and the Son are mentioned together. And what Paul is doing here is that it's showing us that the persons of the Trinity are not divided in their works. That they're actually united, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, united in their work in the world, in their offer of mercy, grace, and peace to you and me. They take delight when we walk in those things. Verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. I'm reminded... Remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm sure dwells in you as well. Notice that he calls Timothy's faith sincere. It's a sincere faith. This could actually be translated genuine or faith without hypocrisy. Now, how many of y'all know that in this life you're going to face trials? Come on. Don't leave me up here. Trials come. Maybe you're in one of those right now. Here's what this text is telling you. When the storms of life beat against the window of Timothy's life, he did not waver at all in the faith. He, he, it actually showed that his faith was true. That's one of the reasons why trials come. You know that, right? It's to show, is the thing in your life actually real? And you're like, oh, is it because God doesn't know? No, God knows. He wants you to know. It's the test to show, am I truly in the faith? Is it real? Timothy never wavered. If he was standing here right now, Timothy would tell you, your faith is going to be tested. If he was standing here right now, he'd also tell you, though, remember, blessed is the believer who remains steadfast under trials because when you have stood the test, you will receive the crown of life when you hold on. And so Timothy would look at you and he'd tell you, he'd say like Langston Hughes, life is no crystal stair. It is, it's got tacks in it and splinters, but oh, don't turn back. Don't you sit on them steps. Come on now, move on forward. And he'd tell you how to move forward. He'd tell you that the way to move forward is by abiding in Christ, holding on to Jesus. He'd tell you that the way to move forward is by keeping in step with the Spirit. Because when you're doing those things, when the disaster comes, when the disappointment comes, when the, dis- the discouragement comes, you will be able to persevere in the, in the faith. Come on. Are you guys going to talk to me? Come on. We have to Hold on to Jesus and walk with the Spirit. That is how we show that that faith is sincere. Now, his faith, real, genuine faith, moved into the home of his heart. But you got to understand that he caught it at home. Okay, yeah. I'll just back it up. Let me try it again. Faith moved into the home of his heart, but he picked it up at home. Look again, verse 5. I'm, I'm going to read this verse a whole lot because I just want you to hold it. I'm, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. What he does here is he traces his faith back to the root. He says it, 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 it was in big mama and little mama. 
And now I know it is in you. What you here's the thing. Lois and Eunice show that we can have a powerful influence on the lives of others. A powerful influence. The, here's the thing. Their habits was reflected by their theology. They believed the gospel, they shared the gospel, and then they modeled the gospel. And Timothy grabbed the gospel. He looked at it and he said, mm, I, I need me some of that. Here's, the, here's how it goes for us. We influence others. Listen to me on this. We influence others when our habits reflect our theology. Did you hear what I said there? You, you're sometimes you're like, how can I, how can I be a, a blessing? How can, I, how can I help people? How can I show people the way to go? Your habits need to match the theology and the faith that you profess to believe. Because then somebody says, oh, there's something different in that person. Oh, there's a reason to follow that faith because look at the way they're carrying themselves. Look at the way they're behaving. Look at the way they're trusting God. Look at the way that even though life is hard, even though there's ups and downs, even though there's storms, they're still holding on. It's true and it's genuine. And I'm thinking I'm going to go that way. Don't you think that's what happened in Timothy's life? Their theology came out in their habits. And some of us, my job here is, to, is, to, is to, to speak the truth in love. Some of us profess the faith, and then when we look at the habits, it doesn't match. And then we're like, how come nobody is coming to the faith based on my witness? Because your witness is not consistent with your theology. And Timothy looked at his, grand, his mother and his grandmother, and he said, there's consistency there. He didn't say, there's not perfection consistency and it drew him in they believed the gospel they shared the gospel and they modeled the gospel and it made a difference in his life that's how we influence people powerful influence the actions of Lois and Eunice helped to shape the man Timothy became he was a loyal gospel minister Philippians 2 9 says, I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered of news of you. Watch this. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely, this is Paul writing, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Think about that. He's like, I have no one like him. Would your friends say that about you? I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. And you've got to understand too, when you read Philippians, Paul is also talking about all kinds of people who are using the gospel for their own benefit. So Timothy here is being contrasted with those other kinds of ministers. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all, here it is, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Contrast. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How is, a son with, with, uh, how is a son with a father? He has served with me in the gospel. He's somebody Paul could depend on. He was also a good friend. It's in the text. 
He says, he says in verse 4, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. When Paul's probably locked up here, about to be killed. And he says, I, he's like, he, he, he says to me, I long to see you. Right? Isn't there some people you're like, I don't long to see that person. He says, I long to see you. Because when you show up, it's not sadness. It's joy. Your presence in my life is a blessing. Your presence in my life brings peace. Your presence in my life helps me. Again, that is what it means to be a good friend. And some of us, we have all kinds, I mean, I don't do the social media business thing, but some of you do, and you all have fake friends. Just because somebody liked your stuff doesn't mean they like you. And just because they accept your friend request doesn't mean they're a friend. A friend is somebody that when you look at them, you're like, with this person in my life makes a difference in my life. Do you have friends like that? Are you that kind of a friend? He said, I long to see you. He couldn't wait to see the brother. I long to see you. He was a good friend. Also, understand this. He was a compassionate man. Tender. Again, I'm not making it up. Just look at it. It's in the text. He says, I'm reminded. Let me go back. Let me find it. I'm going to find it. Oh, yeah. There it is, verse 4. I remember your tears. I remember your tears. Paul's gone, Paul's gone through a lot. Shipwrecked. He got bit by a snake and the brother lived. I hate snakes. Yeah, they're disgusting. It's true, they're disgusting. Anyway, I rem- he's been beaten. And he says, he says, through all of it, I remember you being there Weeping with me. I remember your tears. Some of us, right? We're just, I'm too strong. I talked about this last week. I'm too, I'm too strong to cry. Oh, you're not like Jesus? Who, who, who was willing to weep with those who weep? I'm too strong to cry. All right, then go ahead and get no help in life. Some of us, help is right around the corner, but we just need to let some tears flow. So some people know, this is how, I'm really hurting in here. It's like, I remember your tears. Compassion and kind. Then this next one, he was a respectable disciple. Acts 6, 16. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. When when you looked at Timothy's life, people were like, he, "That was a he's a respectable man, well spoken of." This, isn't this what we want in our life? That when, then when people look at the way we behave as Christians, but also as citizens, we show up to work on time. We say what we mean and we mean what we say. Respect, we pay our taxes. Res, we pay what we owe. Respectable. 
We say we're going to show up to do something. We show up and do it. We give our word and we keep it. Isn't that what you, isn't that how you want people to look and say, that person, Julian, is respectable. Merlin is respectable. There are brothers and sisters in the faith who, when you look at their life, they're good, God-honoring, God-glorifying disciples. That's what Timothy was. Well spoken of. He had a good reputation. I don't know about you, but I want to have a good reputation. That when my name is said, people aren't going, mm, mm, I don't know. Well spoken of. I want you to understand this. Lois and Eunice were faithful in a small thing, and it led to a big thing. Ooh, let me say it again so you can say amen. They were faithful in a small thing, and it led to a big thing. John Wooden said this, this, this great basketball coach. He says, achievements occur by the little things done well. Little things make big things happen. Here's, here's the application. If you've got a goal in your life, you're going to achieve it by the small things you're doing today. The little things done well. What is it? Rome wasn't built in a day. Little things done well. You want to change maybe a habit? Start with a little thing. Do it well, consistently, over time. Right? It's those things where, you know, it's the, what I'm calling them fad diets that people dive into. Oh, I'm skinny now. It's all back in like three weeks. Right? Just suffering through it. Nah, just do small things. Small, oh, I can't have that cookie. I'm off sugar. No, do small things. Small things in a day. And then you'll start to see big things happen in your life. This next one, the actions of Lois and Eunice give us a picture of discipleship. It gives us a picture of discipleship. So I, I am reminded, verse Five, of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. Here's, here's the process. Lois passed it to Eunice. Eunice passed it to Timothy. It's, it's literally that simple. Sometimes we're like, ooh, discipleship, it feels hard. You're like, no, it's actually really simple. Take what God has given to you and give it to somebody else and then challenge them to do the same for somebody else. That's it. Just pass on what God has given to you. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it real quick. You might have some questions about discipleship. Here is a couple. How do we get uh, discipleship relationships started? If discipleship is simple, how do we get it started? Well, ask somebody you respect and admire to disciple you. And... Wilson, who's not up here right now, he always tells me this. He's like, you know, Marv, there's some people in church life, they're not as outgoing. It's not easy for them to just walk over and be like, yo, Dave, can you disciple me? So here's the flip side. If you notice, because you might be outgoing, somebody needs discipleship, go over and be like, yo, Dave, can I disciple you? Just talk. Enter in. Also, come in from the cold. And maybe you're on the edge of the church right now. Church, you, you dip in and out over here. And dip in and out some other places. Settle in somewhere. Doesn't have to be here. 
If God makes that clear, then yeah, come on in and get involved and get discipled. If it's somewhere else, go ahead, do your thing over there and get involved and get discipled. Come on in. Should our times together be formal or informal? Talk to the person you're discipling and figure it out. Just work it out together. Sometimes you'll find that it's going to be a little bit of both, a little bit of informal, a little bit of formal. How do we overcome the challenges of schedules? Uh, If you can, take some things out of your schedule and put that thing in. You really want to help somebody grow in the faith? Mm, Let me just, okay. I'll just go to the gym four, four times a week, not five. It's okay. Set a discipleship timeline. Right? Sometimes we get into these relationships and we're like, hey, we're going to do this till Jesus comes back. Mm-mm. I usually, when somebody's like, Marv, can, can we do some discipleship? I'm like, yes, three months. And then let's reassess after that. Time, schedules change. This next one, disciple the person along the way. So you're like, I don't, I don't really have time, but there's, you know, my schedule's tight. I don't know, Marv, if you know my life, but certain things just can't come out. All right, yeah, just take them with you as you do stuff. Going grocery shopping, y'all, you want to come along? Just, just take them with you as you go. Because here's the thing, you're going to realize there's a lot of things that are just caught in those times. Then they're taught. Just, they'll just pick up things off you. And you're doing discipleship. What do I do if I feel intimidated by the idea of discipling, discipling someone? Pray to God to supply you the strength that you need to do the thing that you can do. Did you hear me on that? To do the thing that you can do. And you're like, why can't I do it? Because the Spirit of God is residing in you, and the Spirit gives you the power to do things you never thought you could do. So you can do it. Pray to God for his help. Lois and Eunice give us a beautiful picture of discipleship. Ah, Here's this next one. The actions of Lois and Eunice remind us that God uses men and women in the work of people's lives. Oh, the ladies should have said amen there. Men and women in the work of people's lives. All you got to do is read your Bible to know that women have always played an instrumental and powerful role in the work of God. Let me give you some names. Joke bad, but you don't know who that is. That's Moses' mother. Think about that. She just, she just sent that little baby down the water. And, and, and God, in his providence and sovereignty rescued that little baby, and then used him powerfully in the life of his people. Where did it start, though? With the courage of a mother who said, there's an evil man on the throne in Egypt, and we're going to disobey that guy. The edict was, murder all the, ba- murder all the boys. And the mom said, no. Mama said, no. And God used it. Then there's Ruth. Ruth. Somebody who's outside of the people of Israel, but saw the faith of another person and said, your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. And then God took her courage and her work ethic, her hard work, 
her willingness to not just take a handout, but to actually go to work. God used that again in his providence to bring, to bring a son into the world. Oh, don't, don't worry about the babies. Let the babies say amen for us. They're teaching us. I love babies, right? I say it all the time. If you got, don't be afraid to bring your kids into the service. Seriously. Can we say that on Mother's Day? Because sometimes I'm up here sweating it out, giving it to you, and you know who's saying amen? The babies. While y'all are sitting there like, mm, all right, Marv. Think about going to lunch, brother. What the baby's doing? Amen. When you hear that, mm, that's God at work right there. Do you know why? Keeping that heart beating. We love him in the service. There's Ruth. Think about all the Marys. The mother of Jesus. But then the Marys who helped the ministry of Jesus thrive and function as they gave. God has always used. And sometimes in church history, we make women feel like they're second class citizens in the work of the Lord. And I'm just going to take the opportunity to say to you, I'm sorry for that. Because when you look at scripture, that is not what you get. That men and women working together by the power of God for the glory of God. The text also, I want to say this, is an encouragement to single mothers. It's an encouragement to single, and my mother, single mother, four of us, and she kept it going. Because what you got to realize here is when you actually read Acts 16, Timothy's father is not a believer. He's not in faith. It says, Acts 16, I read it already. Paul came to Lystra, to Derby and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, a son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek, not in the faith. But Timothy is, though. And Tony Evans, he says this, the passage shows the powerful influence any woman can have on the life of a young man. Should his father be absent or spiritually inactive? And you're like, why are you getting emotional? Because that was my dad. But I grew up in a house where you heard Whitney Houston and Fred Hammond. And my mom took us to church. And she wasn't perfect, but she modeled the faith. And she's around here sometimes, you hear her, she's usually over there yelling, mm hmm. <laughs> she's a little crazy. But Kimmy, Kim, the mother of my kids, who's also a mother who models the faith, 
she says that your mom will do anything for you guys. Still. And my dad, no disrespect to him, things are a little bit better now with him, but was nowhere to be found. And so I'm talking to you here from experience. That if, a sing, if as a single mother, you feel like you're doing it all by yourself, keep going. Because through the little things done well every day, as you model the faith to any mother, to any woman, maybe you don't have a baby. It's fine. The little things done well every day. You're like, I don't have a child. That is fine. There are kids, young kids around here watching you. And as you live your life and model a trust, a sincere, genuine faith and belief in God, you have no idea how much that may influence that young life. The little things done well every day. The actions of Lois and Eunice show us that what we do with our lives is how we'll be remembered. What we do with our lives is how we'll be remembered. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that, that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. You gotta understand this. Every single day, all of your actions are chapters in the book that you are leaving in the world. And what you do is how you'll be remembered. I was watching John Wick, John Wick 4, and there's a scene where they're on a boat and, and they're Lawrence Fishburne and some other guy, I don't remember his name, they're talking about, they're asking John, what do you want on your tombstone? And you're like, that's kind of a weird scene in the middle of this movie where everybody's just getting harmed, it seems like just a lot of violence, and then it gets real serious. What do you want on your tombstone? And for a long time, no one on the boat says anything. And you realize that as I'm watching it, you realize like you should be asking yourself, how do I want to be remembered? Because what's on your tombstone is a part of your legacy. And as I was sitting there watching it, that's what I was thinking about. How, if, if, if it sort of all wrapped up, if the curtain fell on my life now, how would people remember me? Would the things that, if, if they put something on my tombstone, like faithful brother in the Lord, would that actually match? And sometimes we go about our life and we're just like, oh, whatever, it all doesn't matter. It does. You're actually leaving a legacy. The, the things you do now, you don't understand what generation is going to come behind you and look at it and say, that is worth repeating. And we, you live in a, a, a culture that's always, I think some fancy philosopher called it, they, it's always putting you in the imminent frame, it says. You're always in the now, the now, the now, and not considering what, you're, what it might be later. And so sometimes in the now, your action should be driven by the thought of what is it going to say later? What kind of legacy am I leaving? These two women leave a beautiful one. Their legacy says, 
sincere, genuine faith without hypocrisy in the storms, in the trials, in the ups and downs. When you look at Lois and Eunice, it says they held on to Jesus. A legacy worth following. What do you want to be remembered for? Lois and Eunice are remembered for a sincere faith. Lois and Eunice are remembered because of their faithful stewardship of Timothy's life. Think about that. Faithful stewardship of Timothy. They led Timothy to the one who never fails. Again, examine yourself. What, what's your life saying to people? Where is it leading them? Towards the one who never fails? Because that's where their life led. These women, they show us how to be intentional and influential. You do it by living a sincere faith. And if they're standing here and you said, Lois and Eunice, how'd you do it? That's a question you got to ask. It's an important question when you're studying the scriptures. Because it protects you from worshiping the wrong person. If you said to them, how did you do it? They'd tell us, we held on to the Lord because the Lord was holding on to us. Oh, yes. Yes. We held on because God was holding on. They would tell you what you see in us, what you saw going on in us is because of Jesus Christ who lives in us. The Spirit of God at work. He gave us the power to share the faith. He gave us the strength to endure in the faith. And let me prove it to you. Go back to verse 3. What does Paul say? I thank God. Why did he say that? I thank God. And then he goes on to say what he says. He thanks God because he's like, the thing that is going on in you, the thing that is dwelling in you, the thing that dwelt in your grandmother, the thing that dwelt in little mama was because of the work of God in them. And so when you see those two ladies in glory, do you know what they're going to tell you? Yet not I, but Christ in me. Let's stand and pray. Father, we give you praise and glory for those who have gone before us, who leave a model, Lord God, for us to follow, who model sincere faith, who models what it looks like to be intentional and influential. But God, we give you the praise and the glory because it's your work in them. And God, we give you praise and glory because the work that you're doing in them, you've done in them, you're also doing in us. And so we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be people who live a sincere faith, to be people who are intentional with all of our days, to waste none of the time that you give us, but to leave a beautiful and lasting legacy like, like these mothers do. So we give you praise and glory, God, because you are in us, and that means we can do what has been talked about today. Help us, Lord God, 
to hold on to you and to give praise to you, to know that we will make it to the end. And we will say like these ladies, yet not I, but Christ in, say it with me, me. Yet not I, but Christ in, yet not I, but Christ in, come on. Yet not I, but Christ in me. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.